Hallelujah. Let's just appreciate God for the choir. Well done. God bless you. God bless you. Father, we ask that you speak to us this morning to the afternoon. Reveal your will to us and give us the strength and the grace to do that which is right in your sight. We pray that every heart shall be subject unto Christ and to his Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, for all that you have done for us. And in anticipation, we thank you for what you will do this afternoon. Blessed be your holy name. Jesus' mighty name we pray. Hallelujah. We are all welcome once again in Jesus' name. Nice to have you here. If you just turn your Bibles with me to Psalm 29, verse 11, that's our anchor verse for the year, and we will look at one or two things from there before we pray. Hallelujah. Psalm 29, shall we read together if we may want to go, please? Amen. Last week we discussed a topic, way of peace, you remember? And we use our Lord Jesus Christ as the typical example of a person who enjoyed unfettered peace. Um, to the extent that we learned from his life that, number one, thing that made him to enjoy so much peace, despite all that was going on around him, was the fact that he trusted God. We also looked at it that he also understood people, because when you understand people, you don't need to pull your ear out, as they say, or, you know, get flustered most of the time. There's a peace that reigns in you when you uh, understand people. And then finally, we said he served people. And I believe that between then and now, you hopefully have started, you know, trying to do some of this, uh, trying to trust God more, try to understand people, and also trying to serve them. Um, if you have, I also guess that possibly you are meeting some opposition already. Um, not all that opposition is from the devil. Part of the opposition is from one particular thing we will talk about today. Hallelujah. You probably will have noticed that it's one thing for a person to will to do something. It's another thing for the person to be able to do it. That's why the saying goes that if wishes were horses... Beggars will ride. Um, will is very powerful, but it is not inevitable. There's always a missing component that makes what one wills to happen. And that component is what? Strength or ability. Because through our lives, we probably have noticed that we desire to do something, but we find that it could be difficult to do them. And so, the missing ingredient most of the time is this thing called strength to do it. My prayer today is that the Lord will supply strength unto you and I, and we shall be able to do exactly what we desire to do in Christ Jesus. The Lord Jesus Christ was so sure about this issue of power or strength or ability or the go-get that he actually warned the disciples in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. He said, do not try to go and do what I ask you to do until you have received the right proportion of strength to do it. The Lord will grant you strength. I said, the Lord will grant you strength. Because the difference between seeing a thing and touching it is that ability to rise up and touch it. And it takes God who can empower a person, not just to see something from a distance, but to get up and get it. Progression to the acts or progression to wherever you are going in life is very important, and that is only through enablement. I pray one more time, we shall receive enablement. In just these next few minutes, I want us to just look briefly at one or two areas in which strength may be lacking in our lives and how God can help us to get the strength. 
Apparently, the commonest area in which strength is lacking most of the time is in the area of doing what is morally right. You know, I laugh many at times, and I've been in such situations before. We tell people, you know, they are struggling with a problem, maybe addiction, maybe bad habit or bad attitude, and we tell, just go ahead and do it. Though, as they say, well, I can't do it. I just can't. I would love to. I desire to. I mean, I've told people who are being on, you know, alcohol or drug abuse before. I say, well, but it's just done on me. They actually want to do it, but they just can't. And there you are yourself. There are a few things that you really love to do, but you just haven't got the power to do it. You haven't got the strength to do it. I can hear a good amen unto that one. Well, Apostle Paul mentioned that in Romans chapter 7, starting from verse 14 through to verse 25. And he was actually crying out from his heart. It was like a lament. In the Romans chapter 7, and we look at verse 14. He said, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not to do, or I do that which I don't want to do, then I agree with the law, that is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, hear that, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. And it's a challenge, if we're going to be very sincere with ourselves. We come to church every Sunday. We get new instructions how to do this, how to do that. But the ability and the strength to do it is not there. Have you been there before? God is saying that that will change now. It's going to change now. It's going to set us on that path. And many times we go on that guilt. Oh, from simple things like eating what I don't want to eat. Sleeping when I don't want to sleep. It's just the strength and the ability not there. Going where I don't want to go. Thinking what I don't want to think. But I just find myself doing it. And there's that sense of, oh God, again, is strength. Somebody says strength. And strength is coming in the name of Jesus. And that's the difference between those whom the Lord helped and those who keep struggling. Strength is the difference. I move on quickly. There are other areas of our lives like finances. We dealt with that on Wednesday. The special grace of God. You find something you would love to own. You can't own it because you have not got the economic strength to do it. That's another one. In the area of physical health or strength, to get up and do something, we find out that the ability to rise up and do it is just not there. Because we are not physically fit. And that's why at some stage this afternoon, we will pray for those who are needing healing. And the healing virtue of the Lord Jesus Christ will come upon them. Physical health is an area in which so much struggle in our time. There has been no time in history when advancement has been as high as we have now. There have been incredible medical breakthroughs. There have been new suggestions on how to live healthy, how to live right. But it looks like that we have not been as unhealthy as we are now through all the ages by percentage. The problem is that there are so many that are ill. And in those days when people, are sick, when people are sick, they just die. And so if you look at percentage, you discover in our generation there are many people that are living, but they are ill. So there is less mortality, but there is increased morbidity. People live unto older ages. In actual fact, they say that currently that the NHS and most of the health system in the world may not be able to sustain the advancing population in many parts of the developed world. Because we have never had the number of sick people as we've had before. Why is it that there is not that strength for us? And yet in the days of a man like Moses, in Deuteronomy chapter 34, the man shocked me when I read the story there. Deuteronomy chapter 34 verse 7. Moses was 120 years old. Hallelujah. When he died. Boy. How many wants to live to 120? That's good. Hallelujah. Right. Okay. 
You must be enjoying this world. Yeah. This world is not my own. I am just passing by. 90, Lord, I thank you. <laughs> One twenty years when he died. Listen carefully. His eyes were not dim. Ah, mine is not as sharp. Very obvious to you. No, his natural vigor diminished. Have you bothered? Have you bothered to ask and find out why this man, at one twenty years old, his eyes were not dim because his eyes were expected to be dim? That's why the Bible recorded it. And why his strength did not wane or his vigor did not go down, which it was expected to do for that time when he was living, because the Bible will not record it if it was not expected to be. Have you found out why? I think there are two main reasons, probably three, why Moses was different. And I will challenge you with that one. We talked about finances on Wednesday. I will just drop on my heart at this point. Let's talk a little bit about this one today. Moses had three things working for him. Number one, he had the word of God. You remember? Number two, he was able to live this long, I believe, and to be this strong because of fasting and exercise. You will find out why did I get that one. How many times did he fast? 40 days. Ah, you're all quiet on me. He fasted 40 days twice. All right. And the kind of fasting that none of us can do in our time. Because the Bible said he fasted without food or... All right. But don't even try Moses. I'm not asking you to try Moses. All right. Amen. Don't do Moses this time. The man exercised so much that actually when I checked and looked at it closely, he shamed me. He went on to... Which one is the highest peak in Abadinshire? Does anybody know? Uh, somebody is laughing. What's... Eh, Benashi, very good. Thank you very much. So, no, nobody, you don't climb? You don't? Aha, uh-huh. this message is for you guys. No wonder. I was wondering what has this got to do with Sunday morning. I, I, know, what, I know why God has brought it now. Now, Benahi is just 1,773 feet high. That's, that's all. And then, this man, Moses, climbed a mountain a little bit taller than that, to go and die. God asked him to go <laughs> to Mount Nebo to go and die. God didn't ask him to go to Sinai because Sinai was a little bit higher. And Mount Nebo was about 2,680 feet high. God knew he was tired. God knew it's time for him to die. And he said, okay, go to a higher level because that's where you normally meet me. Taller than which one is the tallest mountain in Scotland and UK by proxy? Anybody know? Mount Nevis. Did I hide Nevis? Yes, Mount Nevis. Mount Nevis is the tallest mountain in Scotland and also in the whole of UK. Mount Nevis is about 4,500 feet tall. All right. I've climbed a few. I didn't, I've not reached the peak of um, Benishi, but I've climbed a few of the mountains around here. And believe you me, it's a great exercise. In fact, before you even climb that one, please climb the stairs in your house. <laughs> please, just, just climb the stairs in your office. No, there's a building there. I'm very sure it's far less than a thousand feet. Far less. If you walk there, do you climb or you use this lift? Lift. Uh-huh. And so, I just didn't want Moses to go over my head. And, and I know what I'm talking about. And I'll tell you there's a correlation between actually physical fitness and spiritual fitness. I discovered that those, most of the people that are genuinely spiritually fit, they're also physically fit. I find that correlation. I tell you in our time, a man called E. Adeboye walks about two hours every day. Fast incessantly. Not a single hair of his. I'm not talking about just Moses. I'm talking about recent times. So better keep your eyes open and see what is going on around you. Don't tell me otherwise. Most people that I know are genuinely, spiritually strong. They're also physically fit. So I'm not wasting my time just talking about health issue to you. We had a program on health. Um, is Kuli uh, Adeyemi here? All right, he's in trouble. No, he's not in church today. He's on duty, I guess. Hallelujah. He, must be, he gave us a fantastic presentation. Men, how many of you are there? 
Okay, maybe we ask him to come and do it on Wednesday for about 30 minutes. Fantastic presentation about how we need to be very spiritually fit. Anyway, Mount Sinai, that Moses climbed twice and went up regularly to go and pray. Guess how high it was? 8,000. Twice Mount Nevis. Don't tell me there's no correlation between that man being who he was and his physical fitness. And so I'm challenging myself. I say, boy, what's wrong with you? I still want to, and that may seem crazy to you, I still want to have good six-pack at 85. <laughs> and I'm walking towards it. <laughs> Let it be written about me. <laughs> God, the graces of you, body in this place. You know, when I was the age of dummy, I, t- I tell them stories that I was, I was fit. Uh, I was. <laughs> and so when the young boy was growing up now, he, he started, you know, getting muscle everywhere. And he, he, was, he was taunting me quite a lot. That's, <laughs> taunting me that I have one pack. <laughs> but, brethren, the truth of the matter is that there is a lot going for us even as we make ourselves spiritually and physically fit. And that is where the Lord wants us to be. Uh, we, we have the added advantage as children of God that we have a source of knowledge that the world does not have. Let me humbly use another example in the scripture before I move on from that point. Are you following what we are saying, brethren? We're talking about one thing is to will to do, it's another thing. Please remember, it is this your body that will carry your spirit for you to be effective. Once the body breaks down completely, there's no place for your spirit to be useful to us here on earth. In 4 Samuel chapter 4, there was another man there, not quite the same like Moses that we spent some time to talk about. And I read verse 15. He said, Eli was 98 years old. How younger was Eli from Moses at this stage? Mathematics, mathematics, 22 years, 22 years, good. So Eli was 98 years old and his eyes were so dim that he could not see compared to Deuteronomy 34 verse 7 that we read. Then the man said to Eli, somebody went to him, I am he who came from the battle and I fled today from the battle line and he said, what happened my son? So the messenger answered and said, Israel has fled before the Philistines, and there has been a great slaughter among the people. Also your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, are dead, and the ark of God has been captured. Bad news, wasn't it? Then it happened, verse 18, when he made mention of the ark of God, that Eli fell off the seat backward by the side of the gate, and his neck was broken. And he died, for the man was old and, and, and. But you knew what was happening in his life before that time. You know what was happening? He was a backslidden prophet. Backslidden to the extent that he wasn't hearing God at all. Bastling to the extent that a small boy in his house, God was talking unto him. He was now begging the boy, come and tell me the mind of God. It was as if everyone was shot against this man. The normal thing is that younger ones go to the older one. Sir, what is the mind of God? People come unto the prophets. They say, tell us what God is saying. Eli could not hear God. He had to be relying on, on, on Samuel, who probably was less than 12 years old at that time. In fact, Samuel had to grow up quickly because he was railroaded to be the prophet in Israel. And you could see the connection between that. And if the prophet is not strong enough to be able to hit hard. And I believe God wants a change in our lives. Somebody listen to what I'm saying. And it will affect that change in your life and my life. In the name of Jesus. Strength. For other stages of life. Let's move on very quickly. Strength, strength for your academic progress. Amen. You're studying. You're not getting results. God has promised you. He will give you strength in your academics. Strength for your marriage. 
You want the marriage to be good. You just find out that all that you have thrown onto it, nothing is happening. The Lord will release strength unto you in the name of Jesus. You have the will, but the, the, the will is not translating into reality. Even the will that you want to get married, is there, could there be something that is draining the ability for you to walk from where you are thinking to where you want to live? But that strength will come. Strength to conceive. Strength to bear children. Strength for parenthood. Even strength for grandparenthood. Because there is grace given unto that. So that it's not just only you that you're able to break through your generation. Your children must break through. It's time for you to be a grandparent. It's time for your children to be married and have their children. You should be able to scale that as well. Or else you may be lacking in strength. Strength even to have employment. Strength to be able to even simply pass your driving test. Strength to be able to, you know, walk without coming to shame under any condition. Some of us, you can't phone distant lands because you have not got good story to tell them. Some are hiding here because you are devoid of strength to be able to stand and show when they are, you are to be counted. And God is saying, that he wants to give you strength to triumph. And that's the topic of the message. Strength to triumph. Strength to triumph. No longer shall we be hiding. No longer shall people say, get up and go. And we can't get up. In Psalm 37, very poignant verse of the scripture. If you put that on the screen for me, please. Psalm 37 verse 3. Psalm 37 verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and be faithful. So, I mean, Isaiah 37 verse 3. I'm so sorry. Isaiah 37 verse 3. Thank you. My brain is moving faster than my mouth. And they said to him, Thus says Ezekiah, This day is a day of trouble and rebuke and blasphemy. For the children have come to bad, but there is no strength to bring them forth. Wow. That is, they ask the mother to push. If you see the uh, no, 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 no people, uh, women in prolonged labor, they spent all their energy. Either because they don't know, they have not done it right, they waste all the energy, half of the energy, ah, oh, hey. So they are then tired. When it really necessary for them to use all the energy to push and bring forth, there is none. And that's because very soon bring me to the point when we talk about, you know, how energy can be leaked. We, can, we waste a lot of energy. We waste a lot of strength where it ought not to be. So he was saying there that this is a day of trouble. And in those days, they don't have CS, do they? If a woman can't push, that's the end of it. She perishes with a child. There's just no other way. Now they say, well, you can't push. If I some don't say, I don't even want to push at all. When am I due? 22nd of February. Is that okay? Okay, doctor, schedule CS for me. So you, don't, you, can't, even, you can't understand that Bible verse, can you? You can't? Expectation for nine months. Father waiting, grandparents waiting, whole clan waiting, and everything is depending upon this woman to be able to push for. Do you, don't you know that some people are waiting upon you to be manifested? Do you know sometimes I feel the heavy load upon me, that small or big, it may not be obvious to you, that this city is waiting that I should manifest? It's waiting that you should manifest. Do you want me to waste all that? And then the time has come to push, I can't push. It's time to manifest the power of God. You can't manifest the power of God. And you are sitting down there. You think nothing is going on? It's a day of trouble and rebuke. A day of blasphemy. When people are going to talk nonsense about God. Say, what is that God? He said, because it is time to push. It's time to bring forth. Time to step forward and say, I put a cross over that debt. Never debt in my families anymore. I put a line under that lack of achievement, never again. And everybody is saying your generation will be the one that will stop that evil reigning. There's a word for somebody that you've been seeing the face of the dead. The Lord is saying that the evil upon the dead will not come upon you. The Lord showed me that before I come. You have been supposed to be the last to go through that nonsense. But there you still are. There's no strength to push. But the Lord is saying strength will be released. You will push. And that will be bringing forth. And the light will shine one more time. I 
How do you increase your strength very quickly before we begin to pray? Word of God. Word of God. Jesus Christ, our Lord, is called the, 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 the power and the wisdom of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 24. And the more you walk with Jesus, the stronger you will become. We mentioned unto you the man Eli. He was physically weak, spiritually weak. In actual fact, his spiritual decline started before his physical decline. Impartation, and by the grace of God, as many as the Lord we ask and allow us to do, as we pray for you, strength will come upon you. The Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Power. And he's the one that will give you strength. So very quickly, because of our time, I just talked to you about strength drainers. Strength drainers. I mentioned that, you know, just in passing, that, you know, many a times a woman, because she's not been well instructed, you know, spent most of the time, you know, just, you know, crying or making half-hearted pushes or whatever and directing the push in the wrong direction. And so it is with us sometimes that we direct our push so that what the child, the glory that's supposed to be born, is drained through useless efforts. One of them is bitterness and unforgiveness. It drains strength. They said that when you hold somebody in unforgiveness, you are going to stay in that jail with the person. Forgive, let's go. Not for their sake, but for your sake. Now, forgiveness does not mean that you forget it. You can forgive and not forget. You can learn from it. But the mark of forgiveness is that when that pain wants to come back again, you are able to dissipate that pain without you building upon it. You have not forgiven clearly when the thoughts of it comes back and you are milking it and thinking about it and it's still causing you extra pain. Of course, it's going to diminish as it goes on. It's a whole topic we're going to talk about because there have been many dimensions onto it and people are just so tired of forgiving because many have been hurt. You've been hurt, the Lord knows. Oh, painful. And so first, someone has just come around and say, just let it go. It doesn't go like that. I know. But God knows that if you are forgiven, you find that as the days go by, the impact of it is getting less. If you have not forgotten as the days go by, the impact of it is increasing and approaching to the point of you planning and executing revenge. That's the difference. And we mentioned that many times before. If you have not heard about it, there are three hours you should avoid in your life. Number one, resistance. Number two, retaliation. And number three, revenge. And then increasing categories like that. And many of us, you've moved from the position of revenge, you are probably in retaliation now. It's not too bad. And you have moved from retaliation, you are probably in resistance. Now, it's not too bad. Just keep going down that hour level until you get to zero completely. And I can put that one as the fourth one, reconciliation. Reconciliation and restitution. You can put it there. What is resistance? Resistance is that effort you make when somebody has offended you and you're just going to make it difficult for the person. A lot of children show resistance to us, don't they? You ask them to do something, they say, okay, I've had. You say, when? You say, when I'm ready. That's resistance. You say, but go and do it now. I say, put your hand on it. Wash it. <laughs> Keep washing it. And then when you get tired, you say, just get away from there. And that, and that. That's resistance. And even as adults, we do that resistance many a times. Husband, you resist your wife. Wife, you resist your husband. You know all the tricks you pray, either in the kitchen or in the bedroom or in the living room, everywhere, you know. And it's a subtle resistance sometimes. It's part of what can drain the strength you have because you need to, and in fact, if it begins to progress from resistance onto retaliation, onto revenge, that is the worst. Because as it goes on, what's retaliation? Retaliation is that if you hit me, come here, Fabian. Now, the thing is that you're not going to retaliate. (laughs) Retaliation is that if I push him like that, he will also push me like that. That's retaliation. It will not go, that was the law of Moses, and I for nothing more than that. And that time, that was an excellent, God bless her. That's an excellent law. Because in that time, it was actually an eye for a life. Ah, no, for which one? It's an eye for a life. That is, if we just, you know, let me I'm, you know, drink my, 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 my firewood or whatever, and mistakenly, I struck the, the wood, and a chip of the, 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 the firewood or, or the fagot comes out and, and strikes the person in the eye, and the person is just blind. Now, that person, before the Lord of Moses, was actually allowed to take his own machete and cut the neck of that person, and the person is okay. He says, ah, you want to blind me? 
And Moses said, no longer. He said, Make, take it easy. Move from revenge onto retaliation. And retaliation is that if he takes your eye, you, you also, get him, also get a stick and choke him. Then Jesus Christ came and said, now you will roll back from retaliation. You will not even stay in resistance. You will move all the way back to reconciliation and restitution. And he said, if they slap you on one side, you turn the other one. You know why I was saying that for two things, for peace and for strength? Because remember last week I mentioned, if you understand people that people are bad, you don't need to spend all your time meditating over the evil they've done unto you. Of course, revenge, you know revenge. What is revenge? Revenge, they said, is best served. And it is, it revenge should be delayed. and best. So the point with revenge is that as I push him like that, I will not do, it will not do anything. It will smile at me. It will go back home. And then overnight, and that tells you how much time is given unto these things. You will think so much. I'm talking about those things that can drain your strength. Come back, brother. And now, so because he pushed me, I went back home. I thought over that over and over and over again. How can I hit this guy? And hit him so well, number one, that he would know that he would never in his life. Is that not how you do it when you revenge? Never in his life ever touch me again. And when you are there, as you say, be a young man. You say, be a young man. I, I, you know, we, we knew him in London. Very painful story. He had very difficult upbringing. And up to the extent that when he would be bringing that story up, you remember him. You would see his face so contorted. We knew, and unfortunately, things have not really gone very well for him. I just leave it at that. Very painful story. We did all we could. He will be recounting what the wife of the father did unto him, supposedly the stepmother. And you will see the, not agony, but not even anger. What we call it? Pain. And, and, and the readiness to retaliate and everything. And he had a, a, a view about women that if he marries a woman, he will subject the woman. In the wisdom of God, when he married, he married a woman that Do people go through pain in life? We do. Do we need to learn how to deal with pain? We better do. Because I'm not only telling you long-term stories, I'm telling you recent stories that I know, that up till a few, whatever back, I was still talking to a good friend of mine, that we knew him together, and we just shook our head. He never allowed that pain to go. He meditated over years upon you, drained him of strength. In fact, his earth was an appearance. Was you talk to him about that sometime? You know, they are a poor brother, wonderful brother. Otherwise, could have been used to do mighty exploits for the Lord. But his strength was constantly drained by revenge, constantly drained by bitterness and unforgiveness. So, if I were to practice revenge on this man, as he has pushed me. And it's now going his way. What did he do? The man just pushed me like that. And I felt so slighted. Who is he? Is he not Fabian Chukuma? I know him. Eh? We have, his village was next to mine. Not quite in distance. <laughs> and so he's then go, walking one day. Go, walking this way. He's going this way. <laughs> and then you do. And then, God, see that. God bless you. And then you do your mouth like that. You know. Don't let your strength be drained. Allow God to put his hand upon you and bring you out of that dark place the enemy wants you to be. Sin is another bad one. You should be quite aware of that. And please, when we're talking about all this before I will start praying, when we're talking about all this, you know, be aware. There are people who will help you to, who will help to drain your strength. We call them sympathizers. They're the ones that we hear that, you know, there's a little bit of a challenge between you and your husband. And the one that will tell you, I'll never take that from a man. There's the one that will tell you that, you know, 
your wife, I don't know why, you know. I said, what's the matter? Your, your face is so drawn and you're not happy. He said, well, I just don't know well. But I'm not used to telling people, but if you can genuinely pray about me, you know, blah, 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 it's my wife that's this and that. And he said, really? Ah, wow. How have you been managing since? <laughs> I was like that before. Until I grew wiser. I don't take nonsense. I, and on and on and on. Somebody says, don't let anybody push you into the ditch. You will stay there on your own. There are people who will be telling you your situation is the worst ever. In fact, your best friends are those ones who will lovingly accept that you are going through challenges and tell you to get out of it quickly. Your worst enemy are the one that will be, if you have friends all the time, you know, hey, how is that matter now? Say, oh. yeah. And you too, because he knows that, you know, when it comes to Chris, it man will always, and always it comes around and say, ah, that, and I say, oh. Now, now, now I tell you, I say, brother, man, we've been on this for six months now, let's move on. So don't let anybody put you in the ditch. If they do, you've got to stay there on your own. And then, you then have what is now called, um, what do they call this in, in, in psychology now? Um, you then have a codependency relationship. This man is in need of affirmation to say that I'm the one rubbing his back. He is in need of somebody. <laughs> so I get my own fix by being called the rubber of back. He gets his own fix by being, by being half back robbed. And that's codependency. And then so the person is happy, but unfortunately it's you that the back is being robbed that is in the ditch because the man that is just, it's all both bad relationship. Have we heard what I'm saying? I don't know why the Lord asked me to tell you that as well because somebody may be in this room and that's what has been holding you down, but the Lord is going to bring you out and he will bring you out as you stand on your feet right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have some prayers to do. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Question number one, I will ask you very quickly, how are you and Jesus? How are you and Jesus? Can easily ask you, how are you and your wife? How are you and your husband? How are you and your friend? How are you and your fiancé? How are you and your parents? How are you and your children? How are you and Jesus? Are you still tight? If you are not, you can get closer to him today. If you've never known him, you can get to know him today. God is my strength and power. He will make my way perfect. He will make my way perfect. And I believe that today you will get closer to him. Just in a moment or so, let all our heads be bowed and all our hearts. I will not be calling for anyone to signify. It's a private time between you and your God. You know where you are with him. I really want you to release yourself unto him right now and allow him to do the work that he can best do in you. words of David one more time and under that song whatever we touch your heart there just turn it unto the Lord and turn it to your own prayer oh, search me oh God 
Jehovah Sikeno, the Lord our righteousness. He is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals us. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord that supplies all our needs. Just ask him right now to do something special in your life. 
just turn that into your own prayer right now. Just have a, a, a moment or two just to, to clog, to, to plug into him and, and, and to just touch the hem of his garment. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Have your way now. Yes, Lord. Have your way, oh God. Have your way. Have your way. Release the earnest of your strength and power upon the church. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way, oh God. Do what you can do and do it awesomely. Do it wonderfully. Break every yoke, oh God. Grant unto us supernatural strength. They want to be able to leap over a wall. They want to be able to be transported into the higher place of operation. Oh yes, have your way. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. In Psalm 18, in verse 32, it is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. You got to ask the Lord, say, Lord, arm me with strength. Arm me with strength and make my way perfect. You will join that to Psalm 20, verse 2, because of our time. And let's start from verse 1. Psalm 20, verses 1 and 2. May the Lord answer you in a day of trouble. In Isaiah 37, verse 3, you heard that that's the day of trouble is the day of rebuke. This day of blasphemy, he said there. He's now saying, may the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. So we will pray as a confession of say, in the name of Jesus. I ask, Father, send me help from the sanctuary and strengthen me out of Zion. And strengthen me, strengthen me out of Zion, oh God. Where's where I'm weak, oh God? I receive strength, strength to move forward, strength to move in your power, strength to move in your glory. Come on, pray a prayer of passion, a prayer of confidence in the Lord. Lift your voices unto Him. You may lift your hearts, lift your heart unto Him. Shake away anything that may want to hold you down and just publicly and confidently declare it and say, Lord, strengthen me, oh God, strengthen me to move to that next level, strengthen me to bear children, strengthen me to enter into that marriage, strengthen me to flow in your anointing and in your power, strengthen me, oh Lord, to stay strong and healthy in you, strengthen me, oh God, to flow in the power of the Holy Spirit, strengthen me, oh God, send me help from the sanctuary and strengthen me out of Zion. In the name of the Lord Jesus, perform your good counsel, O God. Bring your prayer to a close. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Let your amen be loud and clear. In Jesus' name, we pray. The kingdom of God has suffered violence, and the violence shall take it by force. There must be a degree of passion in whatever you do. Sometimes you need to stir yourself up. You're going to pray. In Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, he said, Fear not, for I am with you. Ah, that's what the Lord is saying unto somebody. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. Oh, I didn't have the time to be able to exegete or, or explain that from you. There are two forms of strength. A strength that comes from within and a strength that comes from without. The strength from without is called help. The strength from within is meant you are strengthened. And all the places we are afraid, you see this Psalm 20 verse 2, he said he will send you air from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. Here he say, fear not for I am with you. I will strengthen you, which is I will give you power on the inside and I will help you. I will give you power on the outside. You need both. God will not continually lead you by the hand. And he will not just lead you by the hand and not give you strength or give you strength without it because your own strength, no matter how powerful you are mortal, you will always need external help from him. So he's now telling you here, he said, fear not. And you will turn down to prayer in a minute. Hallelujah. Fear not for I'm with you. Be not displayed for I, will, I, I, I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Somebody say amen unto that word. So we're going to pray and say, Father, 
in the name of Jesus. Your word says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Therefore, Father, I shall not fear because you are with me. I shall not be dismayed for you are my God. Father, strengthen me. Yes, Lord, help me and hold me with your right hand of righteousness. Lift up your voice and turn that to prayer. Pray the scripture and let it come through your life. Pray the scripture and let it come true. Declare it, I shall not fear. I shall not fear. I shall not be dismayed. Because the Father has said, He is with me. I shall not be dismayed because He said, He is my God. I shall not be dismayed. And therefore, I stand on the immutable word of God. And I say, Daddy, 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 strengthen me. Strengthen me against moral issues. Strengthen me in my finances. Strengthen me in my marriage. Strengthen me in my ministry. And please don't forget to help me. Help me, Lord. I will need help. I surely will need help. Oh, yes, Lord. And don't just help me from a distance. Hold me with your right hand. Not a distant help. Don't send an angel. Help me yourself. Release your power upon me, my Father. And I'm confident that your story will be turned around. Send your power, O oh God. And let your name be glorified forevermore. Thank you, Rock of Ages. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Ah, we need to listen to God. Still got two more prayer points, but he says, yes, enough. So we need to answer the rest. We need to deal with it for you. Only one thing ask me to do, just one person or whoever this one belongs to. Don't worry, the rest, you are sorted. There's only one that you just want us to have contact with. You have a chest pain, like a piercing chest pain from back to front, or bo- uh, front to back. If you're in the house, lift up your hand. The Lord has remembered you. Are you sure? Come forward. Come forward. Just those ones. Quickly, 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 quickly. All right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. We're going to minister to them together, brethren. You've been having the chest pain for a long man. For, for this. And it's right from the back, back to the front. For a week. And it's from, from the back to the front. It pissed me like this. Okay, we we'll pray for you too. Yes, ma'am. For years now. Wow. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Piercing pain in the chest. Go, goes and comes. Gobukas comes. All right. Now to the hearing of the host of heaven, where he says that he will send you here from the sanctuary. He will stretch your hands unto you right now, and they will pray. Church, pray for our brethren. Pray for them, and I will just lay hand upon them. And let's believe God together with them that they will come back and testify of the healing power of Christ Jesus. Whether it's a week, whether it goes and comes, whether it's been for years, whether whatever it is, the hand of the Lord is upon you right now. Hallelujah. Just continue to pray for them with me.
Hallelujah. Give a hand unto the Lord. Let's give him praise. Let's give him glory. The Lord is deserving. The Lord is He's God Almighty. Come and bless him. You can do more than that. For those that you have healed, we thank you, Father. For those that you remember that you baptized them in the Holy Spirit this afternoon, we thank you. As many of you as are filled with the Holy Spirit and with the heaviness of speaking in tongues, it's a gift he has promised unto the church in Luke chapter 11. Come and lift up your voice and pray in tongues right now. And just give him thanks. Yes, Lord. It is written in the scripture that in the latter days, he will pour out his spirit upon all men. If you have been baptized Holy Spirit, come and begin to manifest that gift right now. And if you are not, opportunities avail. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. The Lord remembered you. They came forth for healing. The Lord touched them. I thank you, my Father. Your ways are beyond our ways. God wants to feel another person here. If you are willing, let's spend another two minutes worshiping him. Choir, continue to worship him. Let the heavens be open over here right now. We have come unto Mount Zion. We have come into the place of freedom and deliverance. We have come into the place of blessing. And the Lord is doing awesome and mighty things in our lives. Come on, continue to praise him. If you can pray in the spirit, begin to pray in the spirit right now. Let the heavens hear you. Yes, Lord. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, mention it unto us. That even if those that don't believe they come in and they find out that we are praying in this supernatural release and gifting, that their hearts will be drawn unto the Lord. If you are not baptized yet, just believe God. Believe God. Today is your day. Don't look unto Chris Bailey, look unto Jesus. He is here, he's the baptizer. I can baptize you in water, but he's the only one that can baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And he's baptizing right now, right now, right now. And out of this place, life will flow unto the uttermost part of our land, unto the uttermost part of this city. Jesus, yes, Lord, you are in this place, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, continue to pray in the Spirit. Continue to pray in the Spirit. The Lord does come sometimes to tear our program aside. He does come sometimes to set our agenda aside. If you can pray, come on, for another minute or two. The Lord has not finished with us yet. Don't let's cut ourselves short. Don't let's short change ourselves. Hallelujah. He is Lord here. He is Lord. He is in charge. He is doing mighty things right now. And testimonies we call. Somebody is being healed of chest problem right now. The spirit of Jehovah is here. And you, the enemy is tempting you to make you fall. You will not fall. Where we praise God, prophetic utterance is comfort. Where we praise God, the spirit of prophecy is present. Continue to praise Him with me. Oh, the Lord has got something for His church. He's got something for the body. The head is sending something down to the body. And Christ is the head, seated in heavenly places. Hallelujah. We give you praise. We give you honor. We give you majesty, oh God. Yes, Lord. You are 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 Lord. We bow. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 I see a turning around in job and employment issue for a number of people here. Where you are not expecting it, the Lord says, I've turned it around. I've turned it around. Our eyes will not determine where our legs, our natural eyes will not determine where our legs will go. Our spiritual eyes and our faith in the Lord will guide us in the right direction. And Jesus shall be glorified. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We give you honor and praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Now, if you go to offering there, the Bible says, don't come to the presence of the Lord empty-handed. Still standing there, bring out your gift.